0: You're listening to For Eternity and Until, where together we uncover how to bring heaven to earth in our everyday choices and live the life we were created for. I'm your host, Tori May Hine, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this party started. Welcome back. To the For Eternity and Until podcast. Before we dive into the content for today, I just want to share with you about our sponsor, Talk About, which is a resource that's provided for you through the company Awana. I had the privilege of talking to the group of leaders that are putting together this content directly, and their heart is for helping families disciple children in an intentional way through conversation in their everyday. The resources that they provide online are really simple to follow. I've put a link in the caption below so you could check it out. And if you use the code all caps Eternity, then you get one month free. All right, let's dive into the book of Ephesians together. Hello, my friends, and welcome back. This is the start of Ephesians chapter three. Verse one and verse two have been so rich so far, and we're learning about This grace of God that permeates through every aspect of who we are and this story of God's grace and this gift of faith that was given to us through Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross. And as a result, we're now reconciled with God and unified and reconciled with each other. There's no more division of Jews and Gentiles, but we are grafted into a brand new covenant, a brand new thing that God did in Christ. And so Paul's going to expound further on this mystery of this gospel revealed. The mystery is actually already solved. We already know the ending. The mystery is that the Gentiles get to be a part of what the Jews kept sacred for thousands of years. We're now grafted in. And both Jews and Gentiles now have to have faith through Jesus Christ in order to have access to the Father. It's by grace that we've been saved. And Jesus offered this to us. I can't wait to dive in with you guys. Before we get started, though, as always, I'm going to encourage you to be fully present here. I don't know what you were just doing before you pressed play on this recording, but chances are you might be like me and you live a very busy and crazy life. So just put your feet on the floor and breathe in, fully breathe in, like, air all the way, expanding your lungs, and exhale. What do you need to let go of before you enter into this time in God's word? Just coming to God with a sincere desire for encounter, a sincere love for who he is and a desire to know him, he never responds to that request with a no. He's here and is ready to meet you. You have access directly to this throne of grace that we're reading about in this letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians. This is the same God, the same spirit that is alive in you if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. So enter in. It doesn't need to be perfect. You don't have to be, you know, not interrupted by a child or something happening in your life in order to really encounter God. He's here and he's with you and he's actually with you in every moment of your day, not just when you're sitting down with your Bible open. But nonetheless, this is sacred space and God is here and ready to speak to you through his word. So ready your heart and let's begin reading chapter three. Chapter three. Ephesians, verse 1. For this reason, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, and how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. As I've written briefly, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and the authorities in heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, Which is your glory? Okay, so let's break it down. Chapter three, verse one. For this reason, so he's hinging back on what he's saying in in chapter one and chapter two, right? He's referring back. It's almost like when someone says "therefore," you're asking, "What's it there for?" So he's saying, "For this reason," right before this. He was talking about how we are being built together as a living dwelling place for god by the spirit we come in as immigrants we are given citizenship in heaven and then we are called sons and daughters of god we are members of the household of god and built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets christ himself being the cornerstone so He's explaining to us, you are a part of this. You are an essential role. Like you are this church, this living body, this building and structure that's being built together by the spirit. So for that reason, he says, Paul, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles. And it's almost like he interrupts himself here to clarify something that he just said. And he's going to do a little tangent from like verse 1 through verse 13. And then he's going to get back to it at verse 14 and finish his thoughts saying, for this reason, I bow my knee before the Father and I pray. And he's going to to pray and explain to the Gentiles what he prays for them in the next lesson verses 14 through verse 21, but right now he's taking a little bit of a tangent and he's expounding on what he means by being a prisoner for Christ on behalf of the Gentiles that he's writing to in Ephesians. He says in verse two, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. He's assuming, you have heard my story and my testimony. You know where I came from. You know what I was doing. You know that I had an encounter with the living God. I I met Jesus and then my life was never the same and I was given a stewardship of God's grace. So when he's speaking to us that it's by grace through faith that we're saved, this is the same reality for Paul as well. By God's grace, he was given a stewardship. And the stewardship that he was handed by God was a mystery. How, to explain how the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I have written briefly, and praise God that it was from revelation and not invention. Paul didn't just randomly wake up one day and said, I think I'm going to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. No, He was out killing Christians. You can go to read all about Paul in Acts chapter 7 verses 54 through chapter 8 verse 1 he's also in chapter 9 verses 1 through 16 in acts go read his story and hear where he came from there's there was no paul willing himself into this position god met him and radically transformed him so verse 4 when you read this he says you can perceive my insight into the mystery of christ which was not not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has been revealed to this holy to his holy apostles and the prophets by the spirit like this has not been known and now Paul's not saying i just wrote a brand new gospel for you and the old testament is now irrelevant no 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 this is not a new gospel or a new promise It's just a clarification of the strategy that's being revealed to us right now. The mystery was not what God would do, but how he would accomplish it. If you read Romans 1 verse 2, Paul also says here that this gospel of God was promised beforehand through the prophets in the Holy Scriptures, and it was promised beforehand, if you read in Genesis twelve one through 3, promised to Abraham himself. It says, now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing." I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. So it was understood that the promise given by God to Abraham was that through his lineage, all, all of the families of the earth would be blessed. But that the Jews, the generations after Abraham, who were sealed by the covenant of circumcision and protecting the promise of God that was given to Abraham. These Jews carried the promise forward until the coming of Christ, who fulfilled the old law. And now behold, Jesus says, I am making all things new. And now salvation is now offered without an obligation to become Jewish through a Jewish man who was killed by the hands of Jews. I mean, the story is just baffling and amazing and beautiful. But this mystery, the sons of men of previous generations did not know. That means that you and I are more privileged than the Israelites who heard God's voice on Mount Sinai (laughs) because they did not know what we know we have been grafted into something new. We are not grafted into the old thing. We are our essential elements to the new covenant in Christ. When he says you can't put new wine into old wineskin, you need new wineskin for this new thing that God was doing. And so now the, the playing field has been leveled. The way to access the Father is the same for the Jews and the Gentiles, it's through Jesus Christ. And we are heirs of the promise in Revelation um, chapter 22, verses 1 through 5, that says, Then the angel showed me a river of the water of life bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the lamb and through the middle of the street in the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kind of fruit yielding its fruit each month, the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the lamb will be on it. And his servants will worship him. They will see his face. His name will be on their foreheads. And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun. For the Lord God will be their light. And they will reign forever and ever. This is the promise that we now inherit in this new covenant. That's the end of the story. And Paul explains that carrying this calling by the grace of God, he says of God's grace in verse two, and he says of God's grace in verse seven, this high calling of administering this gospel of sharing this good news with the earth came at a high cost. He's sitting in prison when he wrote this um, letter to the Ephesians. And yet still in verse three of chapter one, he's like, Every blessing is given to us by God in heavenly places. And he's speaking about the gratitude and the joy that he feels when he is praying and thinking about this people group. But it came at a cost. He says in verse seven of this gospel, I was made a minister. And that's that word minister is like servant or slave. According to the gift of God's grace, he had to sacrifice everything in his life to carry this message of God's grace to us, to the Gentiles, which was given me by the working of God's power. And this is the truth for you and I as well. It's only by the working of God's power that you know God's grace. It is by grace that you have been saved. You encountered a living God and the power of the Holy Spirit illuminated your eyes to know him To receive this love and grace that was offered to you through Jesus. And it's the same for Paul. Verse 8. To me, though, I am the very least of the saints this grace was given to. To preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. This is not Paul being humble Like a fake humility, like, I mean, I'm not really that cool, but I wish I was that cool. No, he's actually evaluating himself clearly. You can't really know the full measure of the grace of God and the goodness of God and the goodness of this gospel without really seeing yourself in light of the grace of God. And fully acknowledging the sin that separated you from him. And Paul had some pretty gnarly stuff that he did. Literally murdering Christians and hunting them down. He recognized, I'm the very least of the saints. Even when you think about Paul and his expertise, he was a Jewish scholar. He had spent his entire life studying the law. And this strategy for ushering in the salvation of God through the Messiah, Jesus, was a very offensive strategy. Grace is an offensive strategy. And Paul didn't like it until he was encountered by God. And then he was humbled. And imagine this man who has been trained his entire life to communicate the depth of the knowledge of the Old Testament law is now given the role of ushering in this grace and preaching this good news to the Gentiles, the ones who he, was, he spent his whole life being divided from. Wow. That is by the grace of God, by the power of God. And he says, I'm the very least of all the saints this grace is given to, to preach to the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ. He understood the treasure that he was given to give away. Verse nine, and to bring to light for everyone, what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in the God who created all things? God revealed it to Paul. He revealed it to the apostles and the prophets and they laid the foundation for us that we build our faith upon. Verse 10, so that, this is monumental, listen, so that through the church, The manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and the authorities in heavenly places. So just gather this for a second. Paul's like, I understand my calling that I've been given by God to carry this good news that the Gentiles are a necessary element to this new covenant. You are not excluded. You are very much included. You fall within the boundaries of all of the families of the earth that Abraham was to be a blessing to. And as a result, this mystery that was hidden has been revealed so that who could carry the manifold wisdom of God into heavenly places, to the authorities in heavenly places? Who's going to do that? Oh, yeah, the church. We are the body of Christ. This mystery is revealed to us. Those who have been grafted in, this church, Gentiles, Jews, slaves, free, female, male, we've been grafted into this new thing. And our job as the church is to, so that through us, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known and known to who? Known to the rulers and the authorities in heavenly places. Essentially, we are the cheering crowd proclaiming the victorious reign of our father in heaven. We're, you know, we're calling out our blowhorns and we're filling the arena up with sounds of praise and victory because the enemy has been defeated. So when you come together and you congregate at church, you're like the trophy cabinet celebrating the victory of God. We're singing praises to God of who he is and this victorious freedom that he's given to us in Christ. You heard the end of the story. Revelation. Um, We are, we win. (laughs) We are the victors. And we get to proclaim this truth and make it known to the rulers in heavenly places. That is our role. Verse 11. This was according to The eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, for eternity and until Jesus understood that his eternal purpose was to bring about the fulfillment of this mystery of unifying the world, blessing every family in every nation across the earth with himself to bring about victory through his sacrifice on the cross. And as a result for us, what it means for us in verse 12 is that in Christ, and this is like the summary of all of chapter two through chapter three so far. This is the summary. We have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Hear that for me. In whom we have Boldness. We have access with confidence through our faith in Him, in Christ. Boldness, access, confidence through faith. This is the gift that God gives to us. We don't have to second guess our salvation. We don't have to second guess whether or not we belong, whether or not we have purpose or worth, whether or not we've been given understanding in the spirit of this revelation that god is revealing now through the word to us now and also to them thousands of years ago so paul asks them as a result of having this confidence and ability to come straight to god and recognizing this blessing that was given to us by jesus through his sacrifice, he asks them not to lose heart over what he is suffering for their sake, which is to their glory. He's essentially saying every element and aspect of this entire journey, my suffering, your glory, the revelation that you have of Christ and the mystery that has been revealed through us and this high calling of sharing this gospel to the world around us, the right response is always joy. Yes, suffering comes with pain, but we don't have to be discouraged when we face trials or we experience suffering because as James says, It's through the trials and through the suffering that perseverance has its perfect work in us so that we may be made mature and complete, not lacking anything. Out of the thorn bushes bloom the roses and we're given this treasure in Christ, this mystery revealed to us in him. And so in all things, no matter what the circumstances are, we can praise and celebrate the fact that our God reigns supreme. We reign with him. We are grafted in. The promise has been fulfilled. Salvation is here for you and for me. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you have a second leave a review or post a comment here on the podcast page. It helps this podcast to be seen by other people so we can spread this message far and wide. I cannot wait until next week and I'll talk to you soon.